what an amazing time, opportunity that we have just to give God praise. Amen? And just to say truly how great thou art. How great thou art. God is so good. He loves you so much. He cares about you just the way you are, right where you're at. Amen? Well, uh, two weeks down, one week to go of the uh, prayer and fasting. Not that we want to stop either, prayer or fasting, but we're so glad that you are participating in it. And like Chip said, if you, uh, if you haven't jumped in yet, you still got a week left. So give yourself a hand for accomplishing two out of three weeks so far. Praise God. Week number three. Next uh, week, someone asked if we were going to have donuts. Uh, Janie said yes. And so we're going to have donuts and fruit out there. So if you... You say, you know, I really missed my donut. Or if you said, I cheated this week and had a donut. We forgive you. Uh, don't let it happen again. <laughs> Jesus said, go and sin no more. <laughs> so, uh, I, you know, I feel pretty good. I haven't really desired. I, I'm like, I've never met a bad bowl of ice cream. Ever in my whole life. I, me and my dad would have a bowl of ice cream every night, like when I was growing up. That was our thing. And I love ice cream. I just love it. But I haven't even really desired a lot of ice cream. So that's just the grace of God, right? That's just God is so good. And so uh, if, you're, if you're joining in the fast, if you're fasting, just a few things, again, to keep in front of you. We're trying to stay away from all bread. We're trying to stay away from all, like, desserts, candies, those type of sweets. We're trying to stay away from all meat, but you could do broiled fish, you know, um, shrimp, uh, those type of things. So, again, you got a whole week. We're trying to stay away from all soda as well, but you could have, you know, tea, coffee, and, and let, Listen, if you drink your tea sweet, you can, have, you can have sweetened tea. Just maybe add a little bit of the unsweet to it. Um, you know, you can have coffee with, uh, Janie and I drink coffee several times a week, nearly every day. Uh, you can put a little cream in it, you know, a little, little sweetener, huh? Yeah, put some sugar-free stuff in there. So we're not, what we're trying to be, we're not trying to be legalistic on this, okay? Like, you're not going to die and go to hell because you put a, you know, uh, stevia in your in your coffee. Like you don't have to, uh, I can't wait till this thing's over with. We really want it to become kind of a lifestyle. So are you eating better? You're praying, you're in tune with God, you're you're feeling better about yourself. You're out, you know, I, I told said last week I, I tried running, I've been trying to run, so I hadn't gotten a couple runs in this week, so I went out and ran yesterday and looked at my watch, it was 36 degrees, and I, man, I, I just felt good. And that's not me, that's normally not me at all. Normally it's like, it's too cold, I am not gonna run. And so, but God is so good, and, and, we, and we love you, we love you. God loves you. I'm preaching a word today that I think is prophetic and profound, both. Uh, if you're a note taker, you might want to take some notes. You might want to write this down. This is going to help you, I think, for a long, long time. One. Two, I'm preaching. It's a four, this is a four-part series, sermon series. This is part three. But I'm going to kind of add on to this 
sermon next week as well. So maybe a couple things you want to try to do this year. One, try to attend every Sunday that you're in town and invite someone with you. Let's, let's be a church that's evangelistic. Is that all right? Let's be a church that invites people. Try to invite one or two people every week if you can. Uh, we have a team that goes out. We pray for people. But at the end of our presentation, I always say, do you have a church that you go to? And some people will say, yeah. And I'll say, you know, what's the pastor's name? And they'll say, do you all know my name, right? I'm Mark. <laughs> Someone says, I don't know the, the, the guy's name. Because people will say, yeah, I go to church. What's the pastor's name? Uh, I don't know. Well, what's the name of the church? Uh, I don't know. Uh, how often do you go? Uh, I don't know. And so I invite them to church. I say, hey, if you're not plugged in, come on to church. So I, your pastor invites people every week to this church. And I'm just going to ask if you just get in the habit of inviting somebody each week to church, okay? That's one. Come and invite somebody. Two, join a small group. We'll have our small group rally probably in March sometime again. So join a small group. And then three, would you connect with the serve team? Try to get on a serve team. Maybe it's, you know, it's like serve team isn't just nursery. We want nursery workers, but it's like, I'm no good with kids. Well, good. We don't want you with the kids, all right? We want you somewhere else. We want you as a greeter. Well, I'm the most grumpy person in the world. Good. We don't want you with kids or a greeter. We'll put you on a camera or something. We'll put you in the parking lot. You can make sure nobody's breaking into cars. We'll find a place for you, okay? We'll get you saved first so that you love children and you're not grumpy. How's that sound? Just messing with you, but only being partly truthful there. All right, so we're going we're gonna to talk this week uh, about um, just removing things in your life that mess with your blessing. How many is ready to do that, okay, and ready to mess with your vision? Things that we're just going to talk about. I think it's a really simple message, but it's really clear cut. So stand with me, if you will. We're going to read out of Genesis, the 12th chapter, verses 1 through 5. Thank you for coming out today. Now, everybody say now. Now, now means a new revelation or a new vision, fresh so this is what Abram is getting ready to embark in. When we see this in the scripture, we know this is a new revelation. Something's getting ready to happen. I believe there's a now word for you today. I believe now something's going to happen. Now the Lord said to Abram, go from your country and your kindred and your father's house to the land that I will show you. And I will make of you a great nation. I will bless you and make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you, and him who dishonors you I will curse. And in you all the families of the earth shall be blessed. So Abram went as the Lord had told him, and Lot went with him. Abram was 75 years old, and he departed from Haran. I won't do five, Anthony. Let's pray. Father, I thank you so much for who you are. Thank you for your word today. I thank you, Lord, for your love for us and each other and the people in this church. And like Janie said, Lord, just grace takes everybody just the way they are. That's you. That's a Jesus way. So I do thank you for Dr. Martin Luther King Jr., Lord. And uh, tomorrow we remember, we remember him and, and what he did for this country, what he did for for people in this country, all people, Father. So I pray right now, Lord, thank you for what you've done, Lord, in this world for salvation. Help us, Lord, to retain today what you're telling us and what you're going to tell us through your word so that we can learn from it and move forward in the vision, the revelation, and the blessing that you have for us. In Jesus' name we pray. And everybody said amen. God bless you. Thank you for standing for the reading of the word of God. And so when I was growing up, my mother and father uh, would say little phrases, and I never, you, sometimes you don't pay attention to them until you get a little older, and, and they, they would say things like, well, that must just be their lot in life, 
And I, would, I didn't know if it was a cause. I didn't know if it was a place. I didn't know if it was a, a person. And, and, but the, their lot in life was just, was that their plight? Was that their, what they were walking through? Was it a good thing, a bad thing? And I want to talk to you today about your lot in life. What is your lot in life? Or maybe who is your lot in life? And maybe do you need to remove your lot in life to where you can be all that God wants you to be, all that God causes you to be? Because I believe attached to your vision, if it's a godly vision, and this month you should be praying for God's vision or revelation of vision for your life. So God, would you help me have a revelation or vision for 2020 or for my life if you're a young person or maybe you're new to a, a Christ walk, uh, following Christ. Lord, give me a vision. Give me revelation of what you want me to do. I believe every a Christ follower should be evangelistic. They should all invite someone. I believe every Christ follower should be a disciple. And if you're an experienced Christ follower, you should disciple. You should mentor people. So I think every Christ follower should be faithful, should be, should be in the house of the Lord, in, in their word of God, in their Bible study and, and seeking. So this revelation, this vision that God might have for you, some blessings are attached to it. In fact, my first point today, if you want to write it down, is revelation, vision, brings expectation. When God imparts something in you, there's an expectation then that comes along with that. There's almost like something that jumps inside of you. It feels like there's new it feels fresh. It feels like there's a blessing. Hope is restored and, and life and faith and trust and goodness. All those things start to come about and you feel like, wow, this is, this is amazing. God plants a expectation in you through a vision or through a, a, a revelation that now, Abram, now, that new revelation. So now he's got this blessing that he's going to give them. So now there's Abram, there's an expectation for you through this revelation, through this vision but along with that, there's a blessing. So blessing attaches itself to vision. You might want to write that down. Blessing attaches itself to vision. Vision doesn't attach itself to blessing. This is where a lot of people get messed up, is I want this blessing. I want to do this because I want to get rich. I want to do this because I want a relationship. I want to do this because I want to get set free. But if God gives you the vision, then blessing will come with it. The blessing doesn't control the vision. The vision controls the blessing. God gives you revelation. God gives your blessing or a vision, then all of a sudden these blessings start to come about. In fact, in Genesis 12, verse number two, we start to see the blessings that Abram's going to go have, be, have because he's got a revelation, because he's got a vision from God. And we're talking about vision this month. And I will make you a great nation. One, he's going to make one person's going to become a great nation who's 75 years old and doesn't have any children yet at all. So 75, no kids, God speaks into them. And you talk about a miracle here. Just think about it. You're, you're 75 years old, you're married, but you have no kids. And all of a sudden God says, I'm going to make you a great nation. Well, God's got to do something. And if your prayers are pray, being prayed that, that you can go ahead and fulfill, then you're not praying big enough prayers. You need to pray a big prayer today with a big vision that says, God, only you can do this through me. Only you can do this, God, if, if you're in charge of He says, and I will bless you. That's it. Bless you. That's a good thing. Church, it's okay to want to be blessed. It's okay to be on a bit. Just do it on a godly atmosphere, in a godly way. In a godly, let God be the one that blesses you, okay? Don't move in front of God. Walk with God. And make your name great. And Abram's the father of three different religions, Christianity, Judaism, Muslim. So he, he made his name great in all the land so that you will be a blessing. Now hear this. 
This is important. God blesses us so that we can bless others. If you're not a conduit to blessing, then you're just a hoarder, okay? We hoard things. We, we group things. We gather things. No, God wants to bless you so you can bless other people. It's so good just to be a blessing to people. The Bible says it's better to what give than receive, right? It's better to be a blessing so I can bless people. And then the next verse, verse number three says, those are the first four, and I will bless those who bless you. I've worked for companies before that I believed were only blessed, and this sounds arrogant, so forgive me for saying, they were only blessed because I worked there. Because I'm a God-fearing. There are companies you work for that are blessed because you're a God-fearing person and you work for those companies. That didn't sound good, did it? I work there, they're blessed. <laughs> That's not what I mean. I mean, a God-fearing person who loves God, brings the tithe to the storehouse, is faithful to the house of God, faithful to his family, fears God, prays every day. God will bless your business, even if you're just part of the, the corporation. God will bless that corporation because you're in that business. I will bless those who bless you. That's the scripture. That's what the Bible says. And I will dishonor, uh, and him who dishonors you, I will curse. King James says, I will curse those who curse you. That's a little more simple. And we, we said, man, that's Old Testament. I don't, I, listen to me. God will take care of you. God has your back. If somebody's saying something about you, doing something about you, just getting on your nerves or not being Christ-like, they hate you because you're a Christ follower because you show up and your life just convicts them, you just turn it over to God. God will take care of them. All right? All right? It's just, it's a grace situation, it's a mercy situation, and then it's a judgment situation. So first we operate in grace. Okay, guy, like, man, this guy gets on my nerves. I don't, he's just not a follower. And then there's mercy. Okay, God, I'm just going to give mercy because I need mercy. Then all of a sudden, God, you, I'm just turning them over to you. you you're him or her. You just judge that person. God, that, that's, that's, I'm just going to walk. I'm not going to let this person detain me. I'm not going to let this person hold me back. This is, this is, this is good in, in the Lord. Amen? And then this is you. And in all... And in you, all the families, everybody say all. All the families of the earth shall be blessed. Now think about that for a second. What a huge revelation. What a huge vision. And that vision comes with an expectation. Revelation brings expectation. Vision brings expectation. And he had this vision. He had this. He, this is again rehearsed in Deuteronomy 28 chapter. All these blessings. You'll be blessed coming in. You'll be blessed going out. You'll be the lender and not the follower. You'll be the first and not the last. You're going to be blessed in this life. Write this down. The blessing flows or the vision flows through an origin. There always has to be an origin of blessing, and that, that becomes the vision. So we're, we get a vision, that's our origin, a blessing attaches itself to us, that's scriptural, but there's an origin. Here it's in Abram. God has an origin of vision for you this year. He has an origin of vision for you. Maybe it's something new. Maybe it's something different. Maybe it's something you've never done before. Maybe it's something God has spoken to you, but you've not stepped out yet. You've not been like, okay, God, here I am. I'm ready to go. It's a, it's a new year. It's a new season. There's a new you, and God has that for you, and he speaks to you, and now he's just waiting for you. But that origin of you might be something that's way bigger than you. When I got saved, I was 18 years old, December the 6th, 1979. And I was the first of 70 Catholics to give my heart to the Lord. And, I, I, and, and my uh, soon-to-be wife, Janie, and I got married uh, the, the next year in August. And, and uh, we, 
we were a little bit ostracized from our family. We looked like, man, we didn't look like we have a clue. Our faith, our love, our, our trust was in God. We, we loved and still love each other, just, just crazy. But yet my family didn't understand that. I was a little bit zealous, and I told them they were all going to die and go to hell. <laughs> that is not the way to do it. <laughs> then I learned grace. <laughs> So, hey, just, you know, so one by one, slowly but surely, they were, they were coming to know Jesus Christ. They were coming into a relationship. They all loved God, but they were coming into this relationship with Jesus Christ. And, and yet, had I not gone through that, my wife not gone through that hardship of this, this, this origin of getting saved, maybe they wouldn't be saved today. I don't know. Only God has, has that plan. But when God places a vision in you or a, or a revelation in you and there's blessings attached, the biggest blessing that I have today is knowing that I'm going to see my family on the other side. I know that when they pass from this life to the next, that they love Jesus. They, I've got family members now that, that lead small groups and attend church faithfully and love God. And then in a group text, they'll say, praise God, things that they would have never said years ago. And it probably partly because we decided to go through this origin of revelation that if I gave my heart over to the Lord, if I obeyed God, if I read the word, not because I'm a pastor, not because I'm super spiritual, just simply because I wanted to live it in front of them, that the origin would be, hey, these, this tribe is going to be one to Jesus Christ. That's a huge thing. So maybe, just maybe, if you have family members today that aren't saved, they're not Christ followers, maybe God's going to use you as an example to show them how to live for Jesus Christ. Trust me, church, it works. Amen? Let me give you a second point. You have to loosen and relinqu relinquish to see clearly. You have to loosen and relinquish to see clearly. Sometimes we don't see clearly because we have too much attachments. We have too much junk going on. We have too much stuff. In fact, when we lived in the Midwest, I... Uh, Pastor to church there, Jane. I pastor to church in Southwest Iowa, and uh, like like today, for instance, the high in Omaha is like zero or two degrees or something like that. Okay, so you have these blizzardy snow conditions, and I saw there's a 15 truck pile up and all this kind of stuff. And you know, I don't wish for snow. Like I don't want it to snow. First of all, if it snows on the weekend, half of you don't come out. The threat of snow leaves most of you home. Well, pastor, it's supposed to snow on Tuesday. I got to go to the store and get bread and milk on Sunday. Okay, God bless you. <laughs> Whatever makes you feel good. <laughs> well, I was behind a truck one day, and I'm talking about seeing clearly, okay? I was behind a truck. Janie and I were going up Highway 59. We were get, trying to get to another town. And, and there, nothing shuts down unless you get like six or eight inches of snow. It's got to be, you know, it's got to be like 25 below zero before they, they, you get a late start. And I'm being serious. It's like they don't shut down, okay? And so we're going somewhere. It's a blizzard. It's a whiteout. And there's a truck, a semi-truck in front of me just spitting stuff up. It was just horrible. So, man, I, I don't know. I, I don't like to drive slow. I don't care if it's raining or snowing. I want to get where I'm going. That's, that's what God made cars for. Otherwise, I'd walk. And so I went out in front of the semi, and I went around them. And as soon as I got around the semi, like it wasn't snowing. There was no sludge. There was no slop. There was nothing. It was the semi spitting everything up on me. I thought I was in a blizzard. 
It wasn't Jerry Kinzer. It was those semis. Semi-truck drivers, God bless them. But this guy just totally, like I thought I was in a whiteout condition. No, it was the truck, you know, it had snowed, obviously, and there was snow, and there was blowing, and it was wind. But listen, sometimes things are just in our way. They're not as bad, life isn't as bad as it seems. There's just something there clouding the picture. Does it make sense to you? Well, listen, when Abram was given this vision, there was an attachment that, to, that came upon him that he couldn't clearly see the vision until he got rid of this thing. We see in Genesis, the uh, 12th chapter and the fourth verse, let me read it one more time. So Abram went, okay, as the Lord had told him, right? Now, are we, are we agreeable there? Abram went, God told him. And Lot went with him. Who invited Lot? Like, where, where, where did Lot come from? Lot's a, Lot's a nephew. His, his dad's a bad guy, Abraham's brother. He's not a servant of God, doesn't love God. Lot's got this, Abraham knew everything from Lot. Let's read 13 and 1 real quick. Same thing. Abraham went up from Egypt. There's another place he was called to go. He and his wife and all that he had, and Lot went with them. Sometimes in our life, when God gives us a revelation or a vision, there's a lot that wants to grab a hold of you and ride on your shirt tails. They want what you have. The, the blessing you've worked for your whole life, they want to attach themselves to it. Zach, come here for a second. I know you're taking notes. Thank you for doing that. Or you're playing on your phone, but I think you were taking notes, weren't you? Just say, yeah, lie. <laughs> Don't lie in church. Were you taking notes? Can I check? I was actually good. Praise God. Like, uh, caught me at a good time. You're not that you, you're Lot, okay, for a second. And I'm Abram. But you're a good guy. I love you. I've known you since birth. I'm Abram. You're Lot. This is, and this is, so I know this kid forever, right? This is Lot. I've known him forever. And God gave me a vision. God gave me a revelation. It's a good revelation. Like the whole world's going to be blessed because of me. And I'm not proud or haughty. It's just a good thing. And so I make the mistake of telling Lot. And Lot, I, I'm going to, like God's going to move me from here. And I leave and then Lot, Lot comes with, like Lot's coming. I'm like, and Sarah's like, hey, who's that with you? That's Lot. Was he supposed to come? I don't know, but like he's with us now. We don't have a choice, do we? We got to take him. And so Lot comes with me, and then I have to move again out of Egypt because you'll see in a minute, Egypt's just not a great place. And so me, I'm going over here, and, and I look back, and there's Lot. Like Lot's with, like Lot's here. I, I move over here, and it's like Simon says, I can't get rid of Lot. <laughs> and like, I like Lot. I've known him since birth. But this vision and revelation that God gave me, he didn't give Lot, nor did God ever say, hey, go get Lot. Now, are you with me? This is important because sometimes what we want to do is since I, some of us have a lot in our life since birth. It may be a spiritual thing, okay? It may be an emotional thing. It may be a relationship thing. But Lot is, is not, not that Lot's a bad person, but Lot's not a good person for me right now. And you know, for me to get a full vision of what God has for me, in order for me to get a full revelation, I got I to gotta pass on Lot for a second. But see, Abram keeps taking Lot with him, and that Lot just starts to wear us down. And the more that we have a Lot in our life, and the more that we, that we carry this excess, not that your baggage, that we carry this excess weight along with us, we can't fully see the vision or the revelation that God has for us. Some of you, it's a former marriage. Some of you, it's a former relationship. Some of you, it's an abusive childhood. Some of you, it's things in your life 
life that you know God doesn't want you to have, but you can't get rid of it because it almost becomes a security blanket. You have to get rid of the lots in your life. Once you get rid of the lots in your life, once you get rid of, so let's go to uh, 13 and 8 for a second. Stay here a lot. So thir- then Abraham said to Lot, right now, Lot's been with Abraham so long that Lot thinks he's part of the big picture. He says, let there be no strife between me and you and between your herdsmen and my herdsmen. We're all kinsmen. We're all in this together. But since he allowed Lot to be part of him so long, he thought he had ownership in the vision and revelation that God gave to Abram. When God gives you a vision and a relationship and a vision, you have to make sure that you cut ties with the lots in your life because that vision's for you. It doesn't make Lot a bad person. But he's not ready for it. Your lot in your life, it could be emotional, it could be relational, it could be spiritual, it could be a person, it could be an entity, it could be something else. You need to cut ties with it so that the revelation that God gives you, so that the revelation that God gives you, the vision God gives you, it comes to pass. Now hear me on that, because that's important and that's profound and that's prophetic. There may be people here that continue to take Lot around with them wherever they go. Now, he, not, not Zach, maybe not even Lot, but Lot's in your life. They want what you have. They want what you've worked for. They want what you've earned. And this is where, this is where Lot comes in in this verse here. All of a sudden, he's saying, hey, I, 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 you owe me. I, I'm part of it. What do I owe you for? I've worked hard. I don't, I don't owe you anything. But Abraham's a big guy. He, he takes the high road. And, and, and Lot comes up to him and says, well, uh, Abraham says, Abram says, you know, there, there's, there's, you guys are fighting. We're fighting. I don't like it. He says, let's split the herds. You take what side you want. I'll take all those. Uh, he takes all the easy ones. Abram says, oh, I'll take this. And then Abram says, where do you want to go? You want to go in the valley or do you want to go up on the, on the mountaintop? And uh, he looks down on the valley, and it's green, and it's lush. There's a river flowing through it. It's beautiful. It's like a a beautiful rainforest. Man, my herd can eat down there. I'm not going to have to do as much work. He says, I'll go ahead and take that down there. Abram says, okay, I'll go ahead and take over here. You stay there. I'm going to go over here, and I'm going to take this. And then years later, he has to go back and bail Lot out. Why? Because that ends up being Sodom and Gomorrah, and Lot takes what is easy, and the lots in your life always will drag from you and draw from you the things that they never worked for because God's given you the vision. He's given you the revelation. Thanks, Zach. Give Zach a hand. Thank you. Thank you a lot. Appreciate it. Go back to that. You have to loosen and relinquish to see clearly. The end of that story is this. We'll talk about it more next week. But after, as soon as Abram gets rid of Lot, God takes him out and says, hey, look at the stars. Have you ever been out in the country like on a starry night? It is like one of the most beautiful things in the world. Janie and I had the fortune of taking an Alaskan cruise last June and out in the boat. You look up and all, I mean, stars just fill the sky. It was amazing. It was just incredible. Some of one of the most beautiful, 
picturesque things I've ever seen. I can imagine this is what Abram saw when God said, look up, see the stars. And there were millions, billions of stars up there. He says, that's the number of your descendants. The next day he says, wake up, go grab some sand. That's the number of your descendants. After he got rid of the lot in his life, he could then start to see clearly. And because he could see clearly, he understood the vision that God had. Some of us say, hey, I don't have a vision or I can't see what's in front of me because we've attached ourselves or allow things to attach themselves to us, spiritual, physical, emotional, that God wants us to get rid of. Doesn't make them bad people. Doesn't make them bad people. You still operate in grace. You still operate in mercy. You let God operate in judgment. But what you're moving is you're moving forward to the vision that God has for you. Abraham looked up and he saw the vision that God had for him. Let me give you another one. Matthew, the 16th chapter. Matthew 16, Jesus had a conversation with his disciples. And he says, hey, who do, who do men say that I am? And they speak up. The disciples, well, some say you're Jeremiah or Isaiah, Elijah, or one of the other prophets. Well, who do you say that I am? And Peter spoke up and said, you're, you're the Christ. You're the Son of God. And Jesus says, blessed are thou, Simon Barjona, for man had not revealed that to you. That's come from, that's come from my, my Heavenly Father. Well, then the scene shifts, same day, scene shifts just a little bit. Jesus says, you know, I'm going to die. We're going to go into Jerusalem. It's going to be a horrible experience. I'm going to die. You're going to be scattered. I'm going to, but, you know, fear not. I'm going to be buried. And then on the third day, I'm going to raise again. And Peter steps up, and the Bible says Peter rebuked the Lord. Peter rebukes the Lord and says, you, you won't do that. You will not die. I'll make sure you're not going to die. And what's he say? Get behind me, Satan. You are a hindrance to my vision. Listen, church, if... There was a lot trying to raise up in Jesus' life. Don't you think there might be a lot that tries to raise up in your life to hinder your vision? to stop you from being all that God wants you to be. It may have been a security blanket. It may have been a past experience. It may have been something that, that you even thought was good. I'm sure Peter meant well. Peter always spoke out of turn. But he, I'm sure he thought, man, this is, yeah, I'm going to show him. He, took, he said, God reveals things to me. I'm going to tell Jesus, no, this, is, this isn't true. And then he rebukes him right there. Get behind me, Satan. Listen to me. Hear, hear me out on this thing. If you've got something in your life that you need to just rebuke and get back maybe even ask repentance for, for, forget and forgive and move forward. I promise you God will free you up of those things so that you can be all that you are supposed to be in Christ Jesus. Amen. Amen. Let me give you seven principles of separating really quickly. One, uh, Abraham needed to be separated from his country. Why? Because country causes culture. And sometimes you've got to be removed from that culture for a little bit so that you can do the things that God's called you to do. Kindred. Why? Because kindred sometimes causes bad lineage. This was Lot was bad in the line, okay? Uh, Abraham's brother was no good. This is Lot's dad, Lot's his nephew. He moves him with them, and he lets him be way too long. Egypt, there's, that means literally means land of not enough. So he moved him out of Egypt. He moved him out of his country. He moved him away from his kindred. He moved him out of Egypt. And then Lot uh, was a hindrance. He basically was a leaner or a taker or a leech. And those people in your life that are doing that to you, can I give you permission today just to say, hey, I'm not going to do that anymore anymore. You don't have to do that. You don't have to be all biblical and spiritual and say, I got to do that. That's what the Bible says. Listen, you can draw wisdom from an abundance of people and say, no, enough is enough. It's time for me to move on and I'm not going to move on with you. <laughs> Ill-gotten gain. That's usually what a lot wants. 
Lot wants ill-gotten gain. That's why he takes the valley down below. Ends up being a cursed valley. Okay? He wants to take the shortcut. He wants to take the easy route. You all know people or spirits like that. They say, hey, you could just cheat a little bit on those taxes. Hey, you don't have to file. Hey, you can just do this. That's all right. You can, you can just go there. Just go ahead. Just, it's, you, know, you, don't have to, you don't have to give a tithe. That's not scriptural anymore. You don't have, whatever. See, any time that we decide to take the short route, we're looking at different places in our life like a lot that we have that ill-gotten gain. Ill-gotten gain always brings a curse. This is what God wanted Abraham to get away from. Ishmael, the false promise. So they, they birth Ishmael. It's a wrong deal. It's a bad situation. Let's move on from that. And then Isaac, God's sacrifice, or idols of sacrifice. So God causes Abram to go sacrifice Isaac so that he makes sure that what he blessed him with, that he wasn't. See, sometimes we hold the blessing higher than God. That's what Peter did. Well, you told me, I'm the, man, I'm the, the Lord deals with me. I'm going to file a 501c3 and start me in ministry. God's dealing with me. No, you just need to be a Christ follower and do the things that God's called you to do. Amen? Hear me on that. No, some things are, are important. Some things are, and I'm not downing anybody. I'm just saying, if we're not careful, we, we, we bring the blessing above God, and we make the blessing God, Right? We got to make sure. So Abraham, Abram had to go sacrifice Isaac or attempt to, to make sure that God knew, hey, I'm, I'm number one in your heart. When God's number one in your heart, you're, it's a beautiful situation. Okay, let's go on to the third point really quickly as we move through it. Don't take on other people's responsibility. Write this down. Abraham was anointed and appointed. Abraham was anointed and appointed. He was both. Lot was neither. But when he took on Lot's responsibilities, there was quarreling, there was strife, there was division, there was enmity between the two. There, there, was, a, a, there was a sense of disunity. There was, there was a, a unpairing. There, it, it didn't match up. It wasn't right. It wasn't biblical. It wasn't scriptural. And, it was, and yet, it looked like everything was okay. This is my nephew. I'm going to bring him with. I know him. I've known him since. No, it wasn't. It was a responsibility that he didn't need to take where Abraham was building altars and making sacrifice. Lot was just trying to be a part of it and just trying to be uh, in charge. Here, look, write this down. You have to remove things that God did not place in your life. Come on back, worship team. You have to remove things, hear me, that God did not place in your life. Now, that isn't always people. It may be more spiritual than it is physical. Or relational. There probably is some in relationships that, hey, I got to remove this relationship so I can, I can hear God. Now, I, in our ministry, mine and my wife's, there's been many times where it seems like, man, we've, we, we helped that person. We fed that person, let that person hang out with us on Sundays or for a year. We, we raised offerings, did this, did that, did another thing. It's like they, you know, employ them, you give them checks, and they leave. It's like, dear Lord, what's going on? I was praying before the Lord during this fast, and I said, God, I, I don't know. I know I'm a loyalist, but what, you got to tell me what's going on. And I felt like the Lord said, I've been removing lots from your life, people that want to hang out, people that want to attach, people that want to move in that direction so I can free you up so you can really understand the vision. And since, since this prayer and fasting, 
more so than any other year, I feel like the Lord's given me clarity of vision, clarity of, of purpose, and He's moved up. So what I'm saying is, listen, if you don't even know if there's a lot in your life, you can ask God this morning, if there's a lot in my life, God, would you free me up from that lot? If it's an experience, if it's an emotion, if it's a relationship, if it's attachment, could be a spiritual attachment, that you can ask God, would you free me up from this lot in my life? I'm gonna ask you to stand right where you're at. If you're comfortable doing so, just raise your hands for a moment to the Lord. And I want you to start praying. Is there something in my life? You know, I, like, I understand the past. I understand maybe things in my life, maybe emotions. Maybe is there a spiritual attachment that I, that I need to get rid of? Is there, is there something that is once Abram was freed from Lot, he has a clear-cut vision, he has a name change, and he's blessed. And we'll talk about that next week. Once, he, once you free yourself from those things in your life that might hinder you, or have an attachment to you that wants to grab things that, that that's that's not worked for, wants to grab things that's not paid for as far as, as the sacrifice goes. They just want to attach themselves to you. You need to clean yourself from that lot so you can move on. Let me pray. Raise your hands. Father, we pray right now as we enter into another song. Lord, and we, we raise a hallelujah this morning. Lord, if there's any person here that has a lot in their life, has something in their life that just totally needs to be done with, gone with so that they can have a freedom of vision. They can have a freedom of relationship. They can have a freedom of purpose. They can have a freedom of plan. They can have a freedom of revelation. They can have a freedom, Lord, of blessing. Father, I pray right now, God, if there's anything in any person here, would you free them from that? Never to go back again. Never, ever. Father, Lord, to return to that so that they can have the vision of purpose and revelation that you've called them. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Let's worship one song. God bless you. Thank you.
somebody say hallelujah this morning. Hallelujah to the King of Kings. Amen. Our God loves you today. Amen. And he has a vision for your life. And sometimes that vision requires that you throw off things that would otherwise entangle you, keep you back. Amen. For Jesus, it was his best friend, Peter. For Abraham, it was his nephew, Lot. You know, that doesn't mean you have to be done with those people forever. I mean, Jesus and Peter have a great relationship today. Amen. But it, the important thing is to follow God's vision for your life. And if that means to say no to something, how hard would it have been to say no to Lot? You know, how hard would it have been for you to say no to someone in your life that says, you know what, you're bringing me down right now. You don't have to say it like that. But what is God asking you today? And it might not be a person. It might be a thing. It might be an activity. It might be a substance that you're putting in your body. It might be something that's sinful, or it might be something that's, that's otherwise healthy, but for you it's become an idol, and it's becoming a place in, in front of God that you need to say, God's over there, and, and you're standing in my way. Get, get thee behind me, and there's not going to be anything that's separating me from God today. Amen? So let's just hold that up before the Lord right now one more time and just in a place of surrender, asking God to reveal whatever it is, saying, God, it doesn't matter what it is in my life. I'm just putting everything. I'm not putting uh, my children in front of you today, God. I'm not putting my job in front of you today, God. I'm not putting anything in front of you, God. All these things are good and healthy, and some of them aren't. Lord, but God, right today, we just surrender to you every single thing. And we ask, God, that nothing would come between us and between you. God, that, that there would be no separation, that there would be no idol, that we wouldn't have any separation. God, but today we would say, get behind me to whatever it is that you're calling us, that that's standing in the way of the vision for our life, that you have for us. God, we ask that you would direct us. We ask that you would guide us. Lord, that you would empower us. God, that today, that by the power of the Holy Spirit, Father God, we would be strong and courageous. Father God, that we would be willing to fight, that we would be willing to go, that we would be willing to do whatever it is that you've called us to do. Father God, that we would go forward in the power of the Holy Spirit and in your might, that not by might, not by power, but by the Spirit of the living God, we can do what you've called us to do and accept the vision that you have for our lives. And we pray it in the name of Jesus. Amen. God bless you. We love you. We'll see you Wednesday night. Thank you for joining us for today's service. If God is impacting your life through this ministry, join us in reaching others by investing today. You can give at www.gracechurch.tv give or by downloading the app and select give. We can't wait to see you next week.